0: When I first met Tom Lyons, I was immediately reminded of Emmett Brown. You may not know who Emmett Brown is, but he's a famous scientist. He's invented things like the flux capacitor and the DeLorean that famously took Marty back to the future. Tom plays that role well. A good, kind heart and an obsession with getting Things just right. We had a lot of problems with the audio on this, so you may hear some glitches and strange little noises as we tried to reconstruct much of the audio. What you may also hear, if you listen for it, is how artificial intelligence actually fixed and reworked some of my words when you couldn't hear what I was saying. I'm Steve Schwab, and this is CasaCast. It's the CasaCast, created by CasaGo. For the show.
1: Let's go. Hey, thanks, Steve. Glad
0: to be here. Glad to have you. You've been working with Casago for about five years now, and I remember the very first time we met. Oh, yeah. Uh, you brought me a huge file that was titled, Why Tom Lyon Should Be Part of Casago," and I still have a copy of it with a big picture of you on the front. It was really a joy to meet somebody who's that intentional about wanting to be part of Casago, and I'm really glad you did I found something in the pre-show notes that I didn't know about you. You
1: were on five different episodes of Friends. I was fortunate to be one of the casting actors in the, the coffee shop. The Ch- Charlie Sheen, Chicken Pox episodes and some other episodes I was in.
0: We're to find a clip of that somewhere.
1: I don't um, tell many people that, though.
0: As everybody knows, I'm a Star Wars nerd. And you got to work with George Lucas.
1: Yeah, I sure did. And that kind of, that whole film and television stage of my life, which is probably a crazier stage, led me into writing management with George. I was able to do script supervising, and I actually was a production assistant on Young Indiana Jones. And then there's a movie called that really no one has ever heard of that George produced, but he's intimately involved in the directing part. And that was called Radioland Murders. That was with Brian Benben and Mary Stewart Masterson. So didn't do too well at the box office, but those kind of, I did a lot more different TV shows and everything when it came to script supervising. But the role of a script supervisor, you have to be really attentive to detail. That's one of the keys to that role. You have to be able to analyze and, and look at things that really, really have full focus and concentration. And that's really helped me in the revenue management industry today to get that mental clarity.
0: Your nickname, which I will take credit for, when I thought that revenue manager at costigo.com was too long, so I shortened it to RevMan.
1: Yeah, so that's caught on. Actually, my assistant, Red, is her name. She's Rev Girl. I always joke with her. All the time on, hey, let's talk to Rev Girl.
0: So, Tom, recently you won the Revenue Manager of the Year.
1: What was that like? That's, it was a, first off, when you get older like this, you don't win many awards like you used to when you're younger. I have won a lot of different awards with Hilton and Marriott, which were really nice.
0: Tom, today we're talking about the 10 key strategies of revenue management for 2024. And I'm excited to go down this list. Uh, I read through it before we got on the call and I think it's insightful and it's gonna be helpful for many of our partners. Number one, prioritize listing optimization.
1: Yeah. So Steve, so what we see in, in revenue management is that we have a tendency to think that rate is the only way we can get room nights. Dropping rate or lowering it, that's always the center for a conversation. And I try to always shift it a little bit, especially in today's world, because it's the sales funnel should end at pricing. It shouldn't start. There. So I have, I see a lot of different competitors will drop rate, but they have these other issues going on before it gets to rate. So what, what, what does that mean? Yeah. It starts with your listing optimization. So making sure that from a listing perspective, making sure that there's different areas and focus points there. There's a lot of times, really, Really. people don't realize, and Airbnb and verbal are not going to share this stuff with you, is that they're very similar to Google in the way Surfer SEO or AI works with your description and keywords that you need to have in there play a pivotal role in your impression count. Your photos and descriptions in each of your photos, your all of that, your headlines, of course, switching those out consistently. All of this plays a big role in how you're listed. If you're not getting any impressions, and I've been in this industry so long and I can tell you this firsthand, if you're not getting those impressions, you can almost put a free sign on it and they won't book with you because yeah. you're just not getting the eyes on it. So it starts with the eyes, so you can really fully be able to optimize, and then understand your pricing strategies. Then come with that because if you're not getting that, you want to fix everything above that price point, which is really important. Supply grew twenty six percent in twenty twenty two. We actually thought it was going to go down to about eighteen percent, and it's actually twenty two percent in twenty twenty three. Supply has a maturity level to it. So supply just doesn't come in your market. It just hits you, right? It takes time. So reviews, their intelligence level, when it comes to pricey, there's a lot of things that come into play. You have a lot of evolved properties out there that do things differently. So a lot of this stuff you have to be aware of in what they're doing. So you really want to look at not only cancellation, we'll talk about it in a moment, but total price pay in 2019, pre-COVID, the Airbnb customer wasn't as seasoned as they are now. We call them novice bookers. So today they've become a lot more seasoned and aware of fees. They're aware of cancellations. They're aware of reviews, right? So those are the three big things. And of course, price, actually it's in been mail somewhere. But when somebody is looking for your property, they'll pay more because they see that as a value. They won't pay more if your fees are higher. Making sure your fees are in line. And I'll tell you some ways we do that. So I'm going to give you... We're going to try it throughout our conversation today. So when you're doing that, you really need to keep aware of total price paid for your competition. So we have a, We will be able to we shop total price pay competitors. we lump them in what we call occupancy groups, and then we know what their pricing is. Now, there's some things out of our control. These are profit center areas, and they're hard to let go of, and we understand that. But you can't just not do anything. So you really want to make sure your price comparison with total price pay and your pricing is in line with your competitors. Or you will be left behind, literally. Then, when it comes to cancellations and you know how you set your cancellation fees, most importantly, you really want to understand that the cancellation terms in Verbo and Airbnb are different. So, what's moderate in Airbnb is different moderate in Verbo. So, you might think that they're the same, but they're not. So, you're actually giving more flexibility with moderate to Airbnb, than you are to Virgo. And when you look at your channel production there, you can easily do that in our system that will give you by channels. You'll see normally when I see this, we'll see Airbnb productions 20%, 30% more. So you gotta be aware of that. And then also you definitely gotta be aware of your competitors and their cancellation. So what we do for each Every Market we have specific competitors we're looking at. We're not only now, looking at their rates, we're looking at their total price paid and their cancellation terms, okay? okay? So those all play a pivotal role when we're talking maximizing, optimizing your listings.
0: So Tom, for point number two, you said understand like the state pricing. Oh yeah,
1: I could talk about this all day. Um, I can go back one moment on the the listings. I'll give you guys some tricks that we do, okay? So optimization, and this goes back to length of state pricing because these OTAs love it, okay? So optimization, there's certain algorithms. Again, they're crawling for keywords like Google, and there's certain things that they like, okay? okay? They like availability. Okay, so those algorithms see properties that are available, not closed. And it goes from one to seven nights, right? So if you have one night, you're going to be rewarded for it. You have two, you're going to be rewarded. So let's just say your base minimum is a three night. We really highly recommend have a two night out there. Let's just say you don't want the two night, and this is on non-demand dates. We can, I'll talk about demand dates in a moment but you can have it maybe at a higher rate, okay? 25% more. Now, maybe you don't take one nights days, but you get with the owner to say, hey, we're gonna charge one nights on non-peak dates that are uh, the same price as a two, okay? Now, I'm not saying you can do that, This every location's different. Now, that then will, will... Aw- reward you when it comes to impressions And everything I talked about so far, is eyes on the prize, is eyes on your unit. So you're trying to get as many impressions as you can. That should be your, one of your number one goals before the price. So when you are able to do the one-night stays, uh, even at 100%, those OTAs love that, and you're going to get more search recognition. They have grade, a grading on each listing. So they're looking 100%. at 70, 60. And th- these are some things they're going to grade you up on. Okay. Okay. So that's one important role. The second thing we do a lot, and I came up with this new strategy uh, uh in no uh actually probably in October of last year. It's been working great. We use a lot of max yield maps. Okay. So we do a lot of pricing changes using a, a, a yielding map by occupancy. And price differentials, okay? So a lot of the pricing tools out there, like uh, Beyond, Wheelhouse, et cetera, they only price you for one night stay. So they're only looking at demand for one night, okay? And they do change pricing, okay? Which is good. Now, the more you're doing price changes, these algorithms for those OTAs, seeing that and they're grading you up. So what we do with our yielding maps, we put. We don't go from, let's just give you an example, 90 days out, you're at 5%. 90 days out, you're only 10% occupancy on an occupancy true. And you want to take it down 5%. Then we do 95, 92, and there's all these percent drops, right? We don't go from 5 to 7 or 5 to 10 like everyone else does using maps. Yeah, we go by small percentages and then and we get in our impression counts go up. So when I do these tests, I have a tendency to do them at certain locations. And I'll tell the, uh, actually we're doing a lot of tests right now. I can name like a, right now we're doing one at Sun Valley on a different things. But when I do these tests, then I analyze it after X amount of days to see how it works and then I start implementing other places. Based on doing these percent changes on those properties, I was able to gain 55% higher impressions than I was uh, same time last month, same time last year, etc. So again, those yeah. little things help out. Now, when now, it comes to length to stay, the same scenario is that if you're trying, you have an opportunity to price on different Lake the stays two, three, four, five, six, seven, and you got an opportunity to do different pricing, okay so it's dropping again. they love that too. now on to total you know why we do this so length of stay was really big for us at Hilton. We rolled it out back in the early 2000s. we saw great rev parking. okay We didn't have the technology for years at Costco. when I got there, I wanted it and we couldn't do it. They finally, two years later, were able to do it, but didn't seek the OTA. So I'm like, okay, this is not going to do me any good. So we finally were able to get it uh, last year and we've had so much of success with it. And these tools are great, but you've got to understand the, how they're, they're utilized and how you can maximize them. So, for example, what I was mentioning, those pricing tools, beyond et cetera, are looking at one-night sticks, right? Now, they're coming out with some Lake-to-Stay stuff It's not there yet. But when you're looking at a certain day, and let me give you an example, next Friday, okay? Well, let's, yeah, next, let's do this weekend because it's MLK. So you're looking at Saturday night, right? And this is two to three months ago. You're going to set that up with a two, three, four, five, six, seven. Your base minimum, which normally your competitors are doing, is maybe a two-night stay for me, that weekend is a three. So what happens is all your competition is pricing two, three, four, five, six. They'll do some discount on those seven-day, but it's always the same price. The five-night customer holds a lot more value to us than the two-night customer. So it gives us some shoulder dates. It gives us some higher rev-par increases. So why? Would you do the same rate? Also, awesome. compared if your base is two for that day, your demand coming in for two night is about let's just say eighty percent, eighty two percent of the whole demand for that arrival day. Now, now for three night, that demand might be fifteen, or probably for three night it might be eleven or ten. Then four night, there is some demand coming in there for four, five, six, seven. If you think about it, what we call revenue management is it's like a rubber band; it's elastic, right? Based on demand, why would we have the same rate if the demand is a lot less? So you're looking at it a little differently. So you want to have different price points for each of those that kind of matches your demand percents for, those, for those things. Once you do that, and we see it pretty much every. Yeah you gain par, and that's the name of the game, over a whole month period, because you're getting more 4s, five, 6s. You're getting higher rated 2s and 3s. And overall, you're going to be a lot more successful. And how we look at our success there is we sure. go into LSI or key data. I like LSI for this type of stuff. And you'll always see us, the market leaders, when it comes to like this day. We're usually beating about 1.6 to 2.5 on late of stay, per, and that's a variance length wise wide. on late of stay. So again, Hilton okay. and and b do it and how to do it. We have a lot of times, let's just say MLK day. At one time, we might've had a three night on there as our base minimum, but we might had a two night because we weren't really sure. It might've been right. 70% right. more than the three night. As time goes, you're not only dropping your price right. overall, you're driving that price too. So maybe, hey, I'll yeah. take it two night now, but maybe it's only 20% more. To eventually, That's if the market is, is lower in demand, you would take overall two nights. take that off. And same with your three, you might lift up a discount with it. So not only, and then there are four, five, six, you're doing different percent discounts. I know that sounds challenging. We know it's no. a big leap. that's the kind of stuff we do at Costco to be successful. And we can always help you with that stuff. stuff. Tom, you put down
0: for point number three, know your tools. There's
1: a lot of great pricing tools out there, okay? And you got to understand every market is different. And we have one of the things I have the ability to do. And what really helps is that I'm in a lot of different cities and I see what's going on in different markets. What works in one market doesn't work in the other. I can tell you That's that. Fine. Let me give you an example. There's really the the, the big core one we're, we could talk about is market-based pricing. And that would be wheelhouse, beyond, et cetera. So market-based pricing, and we could probably have spent yeah. a whole hour on this, so I'm going to slim this down very quickly. But market-based pricing in markets, if it's a rural market, depending on the market, It's going to price you with different properties and it's going to want to price. These tools are not going to deny your business and say, I'm sorry, we can't help you in this market. There's better tools out there for you. They're not going to do it. Okay. So what happens then is those tools will have a tendency to price you with maybe properties that are 15, 20 miles away. Pricing you with the properties that are not on your impression count when it comes to searches. You're not really getting a good pricing view of things. What also happens is the algorithms in these pricing tools do not understand things. They don't understand owner blocks and they don't understand, uh, so that plays a pivotal role because the they see owner blocks in some dates, they do have a lot of owner blocks. Especially if you're in a real rural area and you don't have many competitors, that plays yeah, a big role they don't see that okay so what happens a lot of times with that tool is that you'll have some dates that everyone sold out okay let's say everyone's busy and they're almost at 85% okay and everyone saw they're at because they're at a good price point the only left properties are are at way higher price point that won't even ever get booked, those tools will have a tendency to price you with them. So now you're joining somebody that might not have known how to price in the first place. And you've got all this new supply, like I mentioned earlier, that came into your market that might not be maturing or some self-renters that are doing things differently. And you really have lost control of your pricing. And we see that a lot now. Not again. Not every mountain. Market, these market-based pricing Friendly. tools can be used in some markets. Frankly, uh, we have the market-based pricing tool that's very similar to these other tools I mentioned earlier. Uh, I very rarely use it in markets. I've tried it in some markets, and it, it just doesn't. It just doesn't work for me. But that's again, that's a whole nother conversation. Some of the other tools that we have. I was one of the big three years ago asking for comp set pricing. So I believe to get it a true price strategy, you really need true competitors. So actually Key Data built their whole comp set pricing because of us. And then we had our system, RedMax system, our teams work together to build a comp set pricing system tools interfacing with another system that we get our comp sets from. And then we use a combination of that yeah. and max shield, which is booking window percents yes, based on your occupancy groups up and down. So, okay. those are the three big tools you can use. The fourth one would be more manual. You're going in, maybe going to your DNA, going in another system to see what your rates are. Uh, you might be looking at pace a little bit. Uh, but again, with those tools, what I mentioned earlier with comp sets, it gives you more wh- why we like comp sets. It gives a really true competitors. And the way I have our checklist on how to set up comp sets, and we can give that, if you don't have it, we can get that to you, is that we have certain rules that we do. And one of the last rules we do is we go on market maker Verbo and, and see our comp I- sets there. And you might say, why would why you do that? We look at competitors on Market Bay or Urbo with Market Maker that anybody they'll have certain percent ratings, 100% match, 80, 95. Those same algorithms that are giving you those matches are the same algorithms that use you for impression counts with your competitors. So if you're 80 and 100%, those are guaranteed to be what you're going to be on. Airbnb and verbal when it comes to searches. So again, we can go on and on about comp sets, but it really gives you a true measure, and you got to look at it still because those comp sets might have owner blocks and everything else. Number four, highlight dates. Yeah. So what we do, our system has we actually had them. I had them build this for us. Is in our system, you have the ability to put hot dates into the system and then on our what we call our pricing tape chart they're going to be in a different color and they're going to be highlighted so there's a lot of stuff we do when we set up 2024 just that's why i've been so busy this is the really one of the busiest time for me for sure because you're really setting your your you up for success when it comes to Twenty twenty four, and again, we want to be proactive, not reactive. So, having all your hot dates in our in the system, making sure you either have season based uh, pricing for each of those hot dates, depending on the demand level, is really important. So, I see a lot of times when we build our seasons, we don't have certain seasons for certain events. Some don't need it, I mean, you could just basically do your pricing in the system. However, some really do. And then through the year, I, I've created a checklist for revenue management that here's things you should be looking at daily. Here's things you should be worth looking at twice a week, three times a week. Hot dates is something you definitely want to have three times a week. You're looking at seven-day pace this is the one thing you look at for that. So you're seeing seven-day pace and then 30-day pace, what it picked up. So you're looking at seven-day pickup, 30-day pickup, and you're seeing how it's picking up. And what rates are picking up at. So what we like to do with hot rates, we like to be one of the highest in the market. We want to start there. And then we can always drop or lower as we get forward. It's very hard to go from lower to higher because you're already booked. Mm-hmm. It's gone. So you want to see how the market starts playing out at that 365 level, the 240 level. In 120 you start, okay, what's going on? Then you might be starting to drop. Your max yield map takes over a little bit. So it's critical when we see these economy drops to not get in the frame of mind, I got to lower my rates all the time. And why I put hot dates is one of the most, one of the more important things is that you don't have to drop it like on events, et cetera, all the time. That's not necessary. Now, sometimes you will. But don't see like really far out those type of events with lower rates because these are type of events you can increase your revenue for the year. So maybe on other dates, economy's down, you're down in revenue on those dates, but this uplift in revenue helps you out for your overall performance for an owner.
0: Yeah. Speaking of performance for owners, I think it's pretty much a common opinion be going into some headwinds for 2024 in the travel industry and for number five you have know your market
1: yes Yes, 2024 is going to be a volatile year so you really have to play that in your overall strategy right we get really detailed i'm a big printout guy and you should see my files on each location it's big and i have things so i can refer to them quickly I know I can go on the computer, do it, but I like references quick when I'm looking at the computer. Everything we do is try to be quick and smart. Making sure you're in tune on 2024 and you hear, when I hear at BRMA or different conferences and they have to do this, it's more broad, right? So they're talking to their expectations, time is going to be down X amount of percent. Not every market's like that. And believe me, when we're in so many different markets, we know. Okay, so you can't take that and then go back and start dropping your rates. Okay, you got to understand your market. The one thing you really truly have to understand is the supply in your market. Okay, and like I said earlier, it matures too. So what we see a lot of times, if supply's grown twenty percent or more in a market, we know that demand is not up with the supply. So we have a little red alert going on in our our little revenue capsule. And what happens then is we're realizing that this is happening. And then we're taking action because of the supply chain. Now, you have to watch your pace and your booking windows, right? So what happened last year in the coastal markets is that and because paces in booking windows are reacting so differently. Paces are reacting so differently when it comes to how the market is going. So the booking window two years ago, 33% were within 14 days. Okay. Last year, we thought it was going to go down. It was going, going up and then it went down again. Okay. So that went from 33 to 36%. So what catches you off guard and what caught the coastal market off guard this summer is they didn't see pace hits 90 days out. So what did everybody do? They started lowering the rates, higher percentages wise. What happened with those markets is that the overall in, in almost all coastal markets ran a higher occupancy in June, July than they did last year. So they're 88% to 81%. Uh, the year prior. However, the rate was so down 20, 50, 20 percent, they actually lost revenue year over year. So if you they would only held the rate a little longer, maybe doing some late to stay privacy and percent There first on drops before you drop your overall, you maybe so we don't want to see you guys go down these rabbit holes that we see competition going down. So there's a lot of different tools out there for you to be successful. And I'm happy to share those with you, along with like pace and and booking windows and percents, et cetera.
0: For number six, overcorrecting.
1: So one first thing I suggest is take a deep breath and take a walk around the block if you have to or wherever you're at and think about what you're doing, okay? Because every decision you make on pricing has a sacked on thing. Right. You have to be you have to look at risk percents, uh, probability factors upon being booked. And then you have to look at own. You have to get understand the owners. Now, there's some owners that really care about occupancy. That's all they want. And some owners, they don't they want the rate higher. So you got to know the and I'm going to talk about owner relations next. So it segues into it is that you really have to understand the owner's objectives and goals, right? Your goals might not be aligned with theirs. So you really want to get those aligned together. And then with those alignment, you come up with the best strategy that can maximize that revenue based on their goals. So again, making sure when you do look at things and you overcorrect, there's got to be a good reason for it. You're not just dropping and saying, hey, I'm. 15 days out and the market's only 80% and I need to drop my rate. You didn't look at the pace last year, et cetera, with 80% and then went to a hundred percent and they sold out. So there's different things you have to look at. And I really urge you to do those because every time you drop rate, it plays a pivotal role in you know, what's great about our system. When I look at constantly in our pricing tape chart, our, is our occupancy this year, our rate this year, uh, per occupancy group, and then our rev park, right? And I look at what it was last year. Am I down in rate or am I up in rate? Then I look at my okay. competitor, because we have LSI competitor data. How are they oh. doing? And then I could come up with a more rational decision on why I'm making this change.
0: Yeah. You mentioned earlier and around this, because at the end of the day, with Homeowners inventory or having inventory uh, keeping <laughs> the owners in the loop. tell me about some ways you keep owners in the loop or some ways
1: that uh, partners can where I did a lot of different our franchises and some managed properties uh, and new a newsletter for them, let them know how twenty twenty three went to how twenty twenty four went Share with them, even though maybe their market was down, we were leading the competitors by X amount, et cetera. And then let them know up front, based on what we're seeing in the market, there's going to be some new strategies in place that we're going to have to do that your rate might be lower than it was last year. So you're getting that up front. You want to make sure uh, our system has floor rates for every property. You want to make sure your floor rates are in line with theirs. Now, when they send you something, and I see this happen a lot, they'll say, in order to say, hey, I want my floor at $500. And the property manager will will just accept it, send me an email, and say this. I'll say, hey, wait a moment. Okay, have we educated him? Have we talked to him about what is his goals, what is his objectives? And a lot of times, when we have a a one-on-one conversation we have that education to really talk through things with them because owners are similar to us. They'll make uh, irrational decisions real quick. And I see it all the time. I just had a property literally to debt that I urged him not to have a floor rate of $1,500, especially over a certain day. And this was like three weeks ago. I switched it and they pleaded with me today. Hey, can you switch it to lower it? Yeah, sure. Again, these things are coming up, having the opportunity to talk to them, educate them. As a property manager, we're always happy to help you and for you to educate your owners. So sometimes I know when I spend time on the phone with someone or a meeting, a Zoom meeting, et cetera, I have a tendency to spend more time with with you guys. And my reasoning for that is I want to explain things to you so you're better and able to educate our owners in a second way. We want to make sure that owners know that revenue management is one of the top priorities why they should come with us. And we need to convey that to them, that they have the confidence in us to do revenue management and lead the market. I feel like that could be a whole podcast unto itself. Before we go, since
0: we are running out of time, what's your favorite letter from the credo?
1: Owner-centric. It for me is the core of everything we do, because every day that owner is putting confidence in me to do the best job I can when it comes to pricing and, and rates. They might have took their life savings to invest in a property. They might have this is a second property, etc. And there's so many. Different areas there and objectives and why they bought the property itself. I love talking to owners. Ooh. It's the Casa Cast. We're so
0: luxurious. The Casa Cast. They all want to be us. The Casa Cast. Let's don't call it in their BB. Wiki. It's the Casa Cast. we got Orange Credo. The Casa Cast. Our company.